Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Have your Bible turn to Zephaniah chapter 1. Zephaniah chapter 1. And if you're like, never heard that one, um, it's in there. Uh, it's just um, kind of look near the back of the Old Testament there. We're kind of nearing the end of the Old Testament study that we're in right now called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. But Zephaniah chapter 1. Also, you can look on a version, the Bible app, if you're a version user. Follow along there and uh, on the live event taking place. And uh, just, again, you can save that, share that. If you want to go back and refer to that, study it later. So make sure you save it. But Zephaniah chapter 1, you got to say amen. 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 Practice your amen one more time. Amen. amen. Well, let's do this. Just pray, and then we're going to open up and jump into the Word together. God, we thank you for the opportunity today, Lord, to just be together, be in your house, Lord, and to honor you and give you today what you're deserving of, what you're worthy of. That's our worship. That's our praise. And God, we just today thank you for your word today, God, this, this uh, Lord, today life-changing for us. Lord, we thank you today that you love us, Lord, unconditionally, and I pray our hearts will be open today to receive you and see you in a new way, God. And we ask that today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, look over at your neighbor and tell them, happy 12th birthday. So I'm like, man, you look good for your age. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? You look good for your age. Hard to believe. Some of y'all are like, what's going on with the pastor? He's lost his mind. Tomorrow, uh, February 4th, will be a 12-year birthday anniversary of Faith Renewed. And, um, and yeah, and so I'm just, ex- again, just look back how quick it has happened. I'm still considerably young church compared to, to many out there, but just, again, excited. But this is the time where you start getting into this place to where, like, the devil's like really ticked because he knows we're not going anywhere. Amen. Amen. You know what I'm saying? This is where he starts getting really frustrated. He's like, man, they're not leaving. I, I thought I was going to run them out like I do a lot of church plans, but they're not going anywhere, and we're not, man. We're here, and this thing, man, is going to continue to Jesus comes, and I'm just excited, and, and I'm just excited that today we get to come together again and open up his word together, and what we're doing is we're in a series called The Greatest Stories Ever Told, and um, what we're doing is this. We're simply going through the Old Testament. We're nearing the end of this. As you can see, we will finish that up here this month, and uh, wow, hard to believe, but it's just been good. I I want to ask you have, you, have you seen God through this series, through the Old Testament? Have you seen Jesus through the Old Testament? Amen. I love that. I love that we're seeing that happen. And so I hope you've grown in your understanding of who God is. And today we're going to look at Zephaniah. Um, Zephaniah, another prophet here, and um, a minor prophet, again, with a big message. And so we're going to today jump into this book. We're going to do, again, an overview of, of Zephaniah. And so I'm going to start in Zephaniah chapter 1. I want to read verse 1, kind of introduce you. Who we're talking about here, and it says this: It says the word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Amon, king of Judah. How did Cushi get put not in the middle of all that? I mean, you know, come on. I mean, you know, these are like. Like cool names, man. You know, these are like names like you expect these guys to be like holding swords up, man. Gedaliah. You know, hi, you know, um, you know, Amariah is in the house. 
I don't know who Gedaliah's wife has something to do with that. I don't know if the daddy's named her rest, and he just stepped back. He's like, you name this one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we, we see this. It just, it's just funny to me. But, but, but Cushy right in the middle of this. But we, we see this from Zephaniah. The name means, and kind of, it's kind of neat how we've been learning from, again, just history and also learning from what we see here. It, it, Zephaniah means hidden by God. And if you look back and if you see the time frame in which Zephaniah would have been born, would have been raised up, we know that this was times that during the child sacrificing was, was being elevated and uh, children just being sacrificed to false gods. And so we see this hidden by God who was saved because he had a message. Hey, man, how, how many knows that God, God saved you and kept you because you got a message? Amen. You don't know what almost could have took you out. Some of you right now don't even realize maybe what could have took you out on the way this morning to church. But, but God hid you. He kept you. He's got a message that he wants to share through you. And so we see this in Zephaniah. We see that this hidden by God was raised up. And I, I like some of the things that we're going to see here today. I think we're going to see some things that oftentimes get hidden in this message today of Zephaniah. So we, we see now that this was Zephaniah. He was prophesying during the time of King Josiah. And if you remember, we actually studied this back in 2 Kings, and we saw that during the time of King Josiah, this is when we learned that Manasseh, Josiah's grandfather, had begun to come in, and now he had taken over, and he began to even intensify and raise up the child sacrifices. He, he began to bring sorcery and witchcraft, and they began to tear down the idols of God, and they began to tear and destroy the temple, and begin to just literally bring destruction to a land. Um, and we, we saw this intensify. We saw where now after that, we see Ammon Manasseh's son take over, and then it gets even uglier. This guy was so evil that his staff, his people who gathered around him actually conspired to kill him, and they did. Murdered him and took him out. I mean, things were bad. And then we see this, Josiah placed in the position of authority. Now, Josiah begins to make some changes, and I, I love it. Uh, and, and it's something that we can learn from. J Josiah did this. Josiah had seen all these things, and, and we have a choice just the same way that he did. Either he can, we can do this. We can repeat what we see, or we can reject what we see and bring something new in. Amen. Grand, granddaddy had, had, had brought sin in. Daddy had brought sin in. Josiah had continued and started down that path. And then he did this. As they began to clean out the temple, they find the Bible. They find the Holy Scriptures hidden up underneath some things in the temple. All that had been shifted aside they find the scripture, and Josiah begins to read it, and others begin to read it, and they say, man, we got to bring this thing back. we got to open our hearts again. And so I love this. We see now where they begin to reject what had been done previously and begin to now bring scripture into play, and we see God begin to work. And, uh, and it's wild. We, we see some of the prophecies here in the book of Zephaniah that would maybe make you think that, heard that before. You know, if, again, if you read this, again, it's like some of the other prophecies that we're seeing. You're like, I think I've heard, Pastor, didn't you study? Didn't you? We taught on this, right? Because you've already said this, right? No, you've got to understand what's going on. It's, it's God repeating himself 
<clears throat> oftentimes there are now like in a lot of these situations where you're seeing these things repeated, there's like 70-year time frames in between this stuff. So it's like another generation. He's coming in having to say, you need to do this stuff. You need to step up. And, and it's kind of like, you know, you see if you're a parent, you know what I'm getting ready to say is true. You know, sometimes you have to repeat things. Mm, or a teacher. I heard a teacher in the room say amen. Glory to his name. Come on, teachers. Amen. And uh, I, you, you have to sometimes say it again. Don't, don't, you, don't you wish that you could like just like one time say, you know, you need to keep your room clean. You know what I'm talking about? You were just like, come on, I got amen from the hospitality room back in the back. Come on, amen. You just had to say it one time. And then you, every time you walk by the bedroom, you just seem like the, a glory just shining in the room. I mean, it was just like, you're like, are you Come on, it's the Holy of Holies. And you walk in the room, and man, you're like, this is just the Holy Spirit's here. It's just clean. And I just had to say it one time. I mean, it don't usually happen like that. It's not usually how it goes. I mean, if you're like, you're like don't hit your brother. You said it one time. And then it's like three years later, they're just walking around, man. What's up? Come on, bro. Me and you, remember that time three years ago, mama told us not to hit each other? I love you, man. Come on, me and you right now. It doesn't happen like that. Amen? You know, it doesn't work that way usually. And, and, and it's kind of neat. We see this in Scripture. We see now kind of God having to like remind us of things. And so if you read Zephaniah, study this book out, you're going to see some of the things that you maybe have seen other places being reminded here. And, and I, I want to just read one. Zephaniah 1 verse 12, it talks about something that, just, that we need to be very mindful of, something called complacency. He says in Zephaniah 1 12, at that time, I will search Jerusalem I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent, settled, complacent, settled, just satisfied where you're at. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill, you just kind of come complacent. This is, this is something that you need to be very mindful of to keep your eyes open to. And so I, it's just something that how the enemy can easily slide in in this area. Uh, and I'll, I'll ask you this today, and you don't have to answer it out loud, but I want you to search your heart for this because this is, this is a question we must need to continually be reminded of. Are you as on fire? For God today as you were in previous times. Are you as passionate about worship today as you were previous times? Are you are you have you come complacent? Are you settled in some kind of issues and just kind of just kind of pulled and drifted back? And and he he's he's very much today coming against that. Um, th there are terms that they kind of get used and thrown around in the church world. And you know you you hear things like backslidden and and you hear terminology and things along that line. And some of people are like, well, that's like if you're a Christian, then you you just decide you want to reject God, and then you're no longer a Christian. Or you know you can get in a lot of different theological debates upon those certain things, but honestly, if you just, just look, if, if you were here with God and then now, like, you're somewhere back in here, backslidden. 
You've moved backwards. And so he's saying, don't do this. Don't get into this place of, of complacency. Don't get settled in this. And because here's just the truth for me. I, God doesn't deserve less of my worship than he did the day he saved me. Matter of fact, he deserves more of it because now I even understand even more so of what he saved me from, that he rescued me and delivered me. And so there's just so much here that I understand now more. And so I'm thankful for those things. But today, I, I'm, we're going to kind of set that aside. All right, we're going to set that aside for a few moments because today God's put this heavy message upon my heart as we look at Zephaniah to kind of like, like if you're, as we're flying over Zephaniah, to kind of like zero in on something here. And we're going to see it in Zephaniah chapter 3 because we get a view of God in Zephaniah 3 that we sometimes, I believe, gets hidden. It gets overlooked. And so we're going to see some things because if you think about it now, if we did this, you know, after this message, we took people out and we kind of like went out and did this little aisle in the sky. We did out and, and began to talk to people on the streets and interview them. We asked them, Man, what do you think God thinks about you? How do, how do you think God looks at you? How do you think he sees you? You know, we'd get various answers. We'd get all kind of things that would come back. There were people that would say, you know something, I just kind of feel like, you know, like he's angry with me and... You know, like maybe he's out to get me and he, he, he's disappointed in me. Maybe because I've done some things and he, he, he's disappointed. Maybe you might get, man, he like loves me. I, I don't know what we would get when you see this, but I, I want us today to really look at some things that God says in Scripture through Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 17. I want to read this verse, and this is where we're going to spend our time today. Verse 17 says this, The Lord your God... In your midst, the mighty one will save. Amen. We just got through singing, man. He's mighty to save. Amen. Mighty to save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. And he will rejoice over you with singing. I want us to learn some things about God today that maybe you didn't know. Maybe you didn't realize God was, was, was looking at you in this light, seeing you in this way as his children. And I want to give you five truths today just straight from this one verse. And I want us to look at today some things straight from the Bible. And number one is this today, and I'm just so thankful for this promise. First promise, the first truth from Zephaniah, number one is this, is that God is with you. Come on, man. Amen. God is with you. He says that the Lord your God in your midst. This is huge. This, this is just something that we need to begin to just really understand that, you know, it's like not that he's just like up there in heaven somewhere, just kind of like just waiting on you to mess up and just waiting on to destroy your life. And maybe we see some of the things that happen, the judgment. We know things that will come are true. But this is what we see from Scripture for his children that understand today that he is with you. He, he is, he's with us. That the Scripture says that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. So right now in this room, if you're a child of God, you know right now that God's with you? He, he's right now in this place with you. And, and there, there are times like maybe we like feel alone. You know what I'm saying? Like we just like feel that, man, nobody out there understands where I'm at. Nobody understands that I'm dealing with this, I'm struggling, I'm suffering. Nobody's ever been there. Nobody understands what's happening. But you understand this about Scripture, that God said this about us, that he's with us. 
And you know, as you journey and grow and mature in your faith, you will have to come to a place to where you begin to walk by faith and not by your feelings. And you can judge that. You'll be able to see that, man, you know something? This, this thing's working. Like the Word's getting in my heart. I, I can see it now. I can feel it because, you know, that used to would have stopped me. And it stopped me now. That used to would have, would have kept me and pulled me back and caused me to go back in that same shell or go back to that place where I came from. Listen, when you start seeing this, that God is with you, he's in your midst. He's right there today in the middle of whatever it is that you're going through. He's with you. God is with you. Do we understand that? Come on, that he's with us right now. And you're looking at me like, so What? God's with you. Don't want on the throne who's, who created heaven and earth by the Spirit of God right now. He's with you. Listen, that changes things. That shifts things for us. And it should shift, shift things in your life when you start seeing, wait a minute, he's with us. And so what we don't do a lot of times is this. We don't practice his presence. We don't understand that he's with us, and we don't see that. I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of, maybe if you're in a marriage relationship or you, you have a significant, I, I, I'm needy. Don't say man. She's on the front row, looked at me, and just, that's the woman of God. She never, I'm, I'm needy. I'm a, one of those spouses that are like, you know, like, I want, to, I want her to recognize. All the time, I'd be like, in the same room. Same room together. She's sitting on the love seat. I'm on the couch sitting there, and I'm like, you forget you had a husband? <laughs> no, I'm serious. You, tell, tell the truth in God's house. Father, honor you. I trust you. I just, I, yeah, come on, somebody. I, I'm like, you... You know why? I mean, we're in a relationship. And so I want to recognize it. You know, to see it. That, that I'm, you know, I'm with you. You know, I'm, I'm being you. But yes, I'm with you. So, listen. Don't forget that. Don't, don't come to place. And what happens in a lot of relationships and why some fail is that some or one or two or sometimes both the parties will sometimes forget to be thankful for who's with them. And so we recognize he's with us. And so we practice that presence. We, we recognize it and we, we understand it and, and we see that he's with us. And I, I don't, I don't want to go through a day and, and just in any way overlook that the God of heaven by the Spirit of God is right there with me. That I can just at any time look over. It's like, man, and you know something? He does this to me and, and he's like, hey, you forgetting? That's where I got it from. I got it from him. <laughs> so that's where, that's where I got it. Because he's like, you, me and you, you and this, you forgetting something? Listen, listen, God's with us. And I'm telling you, man, when, when we start seeing and understanding that the God of heaven is rocking with us, you can walk through anything. 
You can face anyone. You can stand in front of the giant. You can speak to the mountain. You can come against the sickness. You can come against the disease. Because you know something? I'm not speaking on my own behalf. He is with me. God is with us. He's with us. Oh, I'm so thankful he's with us. Now, let's look at as he comes and as he's with us, what does he bring? I love it. The second thing today, we see this. This is what God brings when he comes. He doesn't come empty-handed. So we should never go to God empty-handed. And so he sees this now. He, he comes to us, and this is the things that he brings. Number two is this. God saves you. Come on. He saves you. This is like, man, we can't ever, we can't get comfortable with this. We can't get complacent with this. We can't get settled and just kind of relax and pull back. That you know something, I was once going to hell. Now, because of God's grace, his salvation, his great soteria, that today he has rescued me. He has saved me. And now, today, I have salvation in my life. God has saved me. Listen, save people, act like it. Save people, rejoice and worship like it and understand it. And so we'll see it now when we understand and practice his presence that the one who saved us walks with us and goes with us. And he brought this to me because I couldn't go there myself. He brought salvation to me. He, He brought it and gave it to me. And for us, everything will flow out of salvation. It's like, it's like, a, it's like, wow, man, you'll see people try to work stuff out. I've had these conversations with people all the time, and I witness in different places, share, and they're like, man, well, you know, I'm going through this. And so I got to get through this, and, and then work through this. I need to go make some things right, and then this is what's going to happen. Then I'm going to come to salvation. I'm going, brother, you will never in any way, in any situation, get things right apart from salvation. It does not happen. But everything will flow from salvation. That's why he brought it first. That's why before he says anything else, that when he came, when his presence filled the place, when he came to earth, listen, this is what he brought with him. And so now you see this. God is not only with you. God, he's for you. Do you understand this about God? That that right now he's for us? That he today is on our side and, and he's not only like today like with you, he's, he's, he's for you. He, he's right now today uh, has this in mind, the best interest for you. So if, if, if maybe you've gotten a mindset to where, you know, something, man, I'm seeing God and, man, I, I kind of feel like, man, he's out to get me and, you know, and, man, he's like, he's just, this, man, I don't know, but he's frustrated. Man, he's, listen, God saves he, he delivers. He, he brings salvation to us. And everything apart from salvation will fail. But everything connected to salvation will stand and last. And that's why I said earlier, man, the, the enemy is ticked, is upset because now he sees we're not going to where. You know why? Because of this, we're going to preach Jesus and we're going to make him known and we're going to continue to bring salvation and we're going to continue to see the Spirit of God flow out of that because, listen, everything begins with that. And so today, listen, if you are saved, man, begin to just practice the presence of God in your life. Begin to be thankful for that. If you're not saved, if you haven't received grace yet, today is your day. 
God was like, man, he was moving stuff. He was setting stuff aside, changing things that you didn't even see happen. You didn't even understand why. Man, I just showed up here. He got me here. Maybe you're listening. Somebody's hearing this on a podcast. It's like years down the road. This is how this word stands. That's why I preach Jesus in the word. Because, listen, two years from now, this is still applicable. This will still be truth because this is not relational to what's going on in our time. This is about the truth that will stand forever. And this is what God does. He saves. So, man, today, listen, let him save you. So, listen, he is not only with us, he saves us. And now it's about to get real weird because we're about to see some things of God that we're like, man, he does that. Look at what he does here. This is what God does. Number three, God rejoices over you. Man, this is cool that, that he rejoices over you. Oh, Cindy, come on. Ain't it just, I don't, I've missed it. I've missed that view of God sometimes. I've missed it. I've, I've was it taught some things and, and didn't have understanding of some of this stuff that, man, that God is rejoicing over us. That, that right now he looks down and, and, and he's like, this, literally this word rejoice, you need to study. This is wild, man. That he's like greatly happy. He's, he's like, he looks at you and he, he, he doesn't just like only love you, he likes you. Come on, you, is it not a trip that, you know, sometimes we're like, man, you know, I, I love you, man, but I don't like you right now. Amen. He looks at you, and he, like, likes what he sees. Oh, man. It wrecks my heart, man. That just, just to think about that he, he looks at me, and he rejoices. Why? Because, listen, I have salvation. You trying to say like, man, you're awesome? No, I'm trying to say that the one who is in me is. And the one that I'm in is incredible. And so when he looks at me, he doesn't see me. He doesn't see my sin. He doesn't see my struggle. He sees Jesus. He sees the blood. He sees that it has covered my life. And it shapes me. And so he looks at me and he says, man, I'm greatly rejoicing over you. He rejoices over us. Max Licato, man, he's, dude can just write, man. He, he said this. He says, if God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, I, and I was just, I, I heard that quote. I was like, I was thinking about back in the day, you now we have cell phones today. And so like to now, we had to change that to make it modern for the cool folks. You know, like if he had a cell phone, you'd be like in the album. And he could just scroll you over and that's mine. That's mine. Rejoicing over that one. She's awesome. He's the man. He's cool. But I'm old school, and so I always carry wallets, and we had the little inserts with pictures in them. Anybody old enough know what I'm talking about? I, I heard this. I, I read this quote, and I just saw in my mind God, and he I thought, took one of those little photo apps, and he just... <laughs> Come on. If he, he, he goes on, he says this. He says, like, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He's going to get milk. He's like, mine. She's all, oh, I love her. 
Do we see him in that light? And, and, and do we understand him in this, in this magnitude? If you had a calendar here, you know, like your birthday would be circled. You know, just, I, this, is, this is just cool. And I, and I see this, and the only way I can, can take it, the only thing close, and it's like so far away removed from what it really is, it's like when I go to the hospitals, when there's been a, a, a baby newly born, and I walk in that room, and I see, man, those daddies are just smiling ear to ear, man. And they're just so happy. Mama's over there like, <laughs> <laughs> get ready, Faith. <laughs> Chris is going to be happy. You're going to be happy she's out. <sighs> but, I mean, he looks at us, he smiles. I mean, I just, I'm still bowing, and I'm like looking at the little bassinet and look over, man, and it just smiles. You know, he looks at you, he rejoices over you. God doesn't regret making you. He doesn't regret making you. Imagine when I messed up. He didn't change his mind. He looks at you and he rejoices over you. Fourth thing this morning, and I'm thankful for it. It's another thing that God brings to us. He gives us for those who open their hearts. Number four is that God brings you peace. (laughs) He says that he will quiet you with his love, man. He will quiet you with his love. And, and, and this is, again, it's, just, it's, it's the things that only he can bring. And we, we try to find it. I, I've seen people search for that peace somewhere else. They don't find it there. I've seen people try to find it in other people. I've seen them try to find it in substances, and, and they've looked other things, and, and they've traveled, some travel the world, and, and we've seen people looking for things that, listen, that can never come to them and bring them peace because God is the only one that brings it to you. And he does it this way. The Bible says he, he quiets us with his love. So I'd like, again, that same mindset that, that you think about this. And the only way that you can wrap your mind around this is, listen, don't just see him, and this is the only way it could come to you, is that you're not only just seeing him as God, but you're seeing him as a father. And you're receiving him in this light, a good father who, again, who gets it right. No person on this earth does, but listen, he does. And so he does it this way. He brings peace to you, and he says that he quiets you with his love. You know, I, I just like nowadays, like my kids are not like really that crazy about my singing voice. <laughs> it's a true story, man. You know, I know maybe a surprise to you for some of you who heard me sing. You're like, man, how do they not love that? <laughs> but, but they didn't always feel that way. You know, then when they were little, they could be, I mean, screaming and crying. And I could take them and hold them. Look at them and begin to sing. They're like, man, I know that voice. And you could watch something just in, in, in the room. And just, I remember just holding them and just as I would shake them, just kind of patting their little tail, man, you know. Getting in grandpa mode right now. Get ready. <laughs> and just begin to sing. And, man, it's just like 
there'd be a shift in the room. He's singing over you. That's why, that's why true worship is so beautiful. Because not only are we joining in with the voices of heaven, the angelic host, and those who may be standing near us in the room, we're having a worship service. And God's the only one, listen, who is the offerer, the offering, turn around and receives what's being offered. Let's settle for a second because, listen, he today is doing this. He is singing over you, and, and he does it with peace and with love. Have, have you ever seen those, like, the nanny cams where, I mean, it's about to get some people upset because, wow, some of these things. you ever seen any of those, those videos where those people that don't love that child and when they're getting frustrated or getting upset or screaming and carrying on, they don't quiet them with peace? And they take them, and, and there's, there's proof of it, and there's people been arrested and in prisons today because they would take those children, and they would try to quiet them with anger. And they would take them, and they would shake them, and they would throw them to the side. God quiets us with his peace. And he says he does it this way. He quiets us with his love. And now we begin to understand this, and we begin to see this, that listen, the more he loves me, the more peace I can have. The more of the revelation of my understanding of that comes, the more peace and love I can have. So we step into that. We receive that. And that fifth thing today, he says it this way, that he sings over you. He sings over you. He will rejoice over you with singing. Now, this is a different type of form. This is different than the one we just heard because now he does it this way. This word is a, is a, is a word and is a song of victory. This is not the calming and the, just the peaceful and the, just the kind of soothing song. Literally, this is the same word like in Habakkuk. Y'all studied last week. Habakkuk 3.18 says it this way. He says that, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. This is the way that we're singing to him, that we're thankful for that salvation, that we're, we're, we understand that we're victorious because of what Jesus did. We're celebrating those things. This is what he's doing here. Today, he is singing a victory song over you. He is rejoicing over you. In the Hebrew, you can study it out, and it even gets into a place of dancing. That, that, that right, that, wait a minute. You mean he, this God in heaven, he's like, he gets up and he's dancing? Again, you can only see it and understand it if you understand Father. And because now we're seeing this here and we, we, we see him working in this light, I was like, man, God, I'm going to be honest, I struggle with that sometimes. Do you really do it sometimes? I'm like, man, do you really dance over us? He reminded me the story of the prodigal son. Uh, the worship team comes around. Luke chapter 15. It says, man, in verse 25, if you know this story, you understand the story of the prodigal son. And again, that story has been named wrong. I've taught on it. And I've said it, man. It should be, really be called the loving father. That's who, that's who the star of the show is. It's the loving father. But that son takes the things that the father had given him. And he takes them and he spends them and he, 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 he wastes it all. And he's like, man, I just want to go back. And just maybe just be able to just get back on the property, man. Just get back on the farm and just serve or just do something. I know, man, there's no way that he's going to let me be a son again because of the things that I've done. But yeah, I mean, he knows if you would understand that story and read the whole story sometime. But, man, listen, it is the farthest thing from the truth. 
We see that God, through that son, the representation today of that father, the love that he has for us, this is what he does. This is what happens. We see that he throws a party for the son. He runs to him. Puts his arms around him. He says that he kisses him. He sees him. He says, man, my son that was dead, you're alive now. I rejoice in that. And he takes a ring, puts it on the finger. He kills a fatted calf, has a celebration. And I want you to see what happens here. Listen, it's a party. Because it's a party. This, this kind of gets overlooked, but how many members the other brother? Ticked off because he comes in, and this is what we see going on. It says in verse 25 of Luke 15, he says, Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. The father was rejoicing and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come because he has received uh, him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. I said, listen, don't, don't let the anger, don't let the things of this world, the cares of this world, the situations that have come your way cause you to miss out of dancing with the father. Of, 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 of kind of even just even messing up the view of how he, he's looking at you right now, seeing you. And that passage right up above that in verse 10 in Luke 15, he says this. It says that when he was speaking about another parable, again, giving us an illustration of his love and what Jesus does for us, he says this. He says, Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner repents. I've, I've read that passage before and I've like, you know, I man, the angels are rejoicing because somebody came to Christ. I'm like, no, hold on. Likewise, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. If you understand what we know from the angels and angelic host, they're already worshiping. They're already praising. And this joy, this dance, this celebration that rises up in the room, they said the presence of the angels. Who else is there? God. And he rejoices over you. Just, I want you, if you will, just to stand quiet as you can, please, and just take a moment and, and ask us every week to just close your eyes and, and say this today. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message, God? What are you speaking to me right now? It could be multifaceted. It could be several different layers of that he's speaking to you. It may not just be one area, but we have looked today and we've, we've seen from the scriptures today, listen, that, that listen, I need his presence. I need his presence. I just need to recognize and understand. Maybe that's you. That's, that's where you're at. I need his presence right now. I, I, I know he's not far removed from me, but you know, I feel that way. So today, this is what's going to happen. Faith's going to rise up in this place. It's going to rise up in your heart. It's going to replace the feeling today and the doubt and the things that the enemy's trying to put in place. And faith's going to rise up. You're going to sense his presence again. You're going to feel him, and you're going to understand today that he's near, and he's, he's there, and he's with you. Maybe for you, this is, this is what you need. You need salvation. Again, it begins with that. That's why he came. 
If you need salvation today, in just a moment, listen, I want you to come to this altar. Go pray with you. I want you to step to the back. If you want to talk to someone in the back, and we have a care ministry room, man, people who love you, love the Word of God, love to pray over your situation, we'll talk with you. But listen, don't, don't do this. Don't leave without salvation. That's why I came. And if you're trying to like work it out, and you're like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back one day, and I'm going to work on this stuff, and maybe then I'm going to get, listen, that may not come for you. But he's here now. Salvation's here. Maybe that today, listen, you just need, man, I need a salvation. Maybe for you, it's like, man, I, I, I need just that love that you talked about. That's what I need, Pastor. I'm struggling. I need his love right now. Maybe it's his peace. I'm, man, I am just I feel like I'm in the midst of a, of a battle. Listen, I need his peace. And as a result, listen, you need that victory song that he's singing over you right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart through this message today, and you're identifying today with one of those five, maybe more today. But listen, you're honest and you're real. I want you just to do this right now. Just lift up both hands to heaven as high as you can get them. And just say, Holy Spirit, right now, open my heart up to what you have for me right now, God. Open my heart up to that today, Lord. Open my heart up to that today. Yeah, just lift them up both high. Hands throughout this room. Praise God, it's okay. He's dealt with me on more than one of these this week, man. And it's just been life brought into me. It's been just been an encouragement today to seize this God who sometimes I miss who what he's really doing and who he really is today. That he's helped me get a better vision of who he is right now. He loves you. I feel like he just wants me to say one more time what I said earlier. He doesn't regret making you. Receive that. Yeah, if that's for you, just lift up both hands. Yeah, I don't, he doesn't regret making you. Listen. <laughs> Man, I've screwed it up. Listen, he doesn't regret making you. He hasn't changed his mind. His purposes and plans are still there, still available for you. Worship team's getting ready to minister. There's getting ready to be a song of heaven sung over this room. There's going to be angels rejoicing, the Father in the throne room's rejoicing, and we're going to honor and praise him. And listen, as they sing and as they minister right now, if you've raised up your hand, and listen, this is a loving church who just loves to gather around and come together as a family and pray for one another. Today, if you've raised your hand and you want prayer today, I just want you to now just begin to make your way out of the road that you're in and just come and just begin to come down to the front or if you want to step to the care room, but don't stay where you're at today if you've raised up your hand. And as they minister in song, just open your hearts today to what God wants to do in your life and watch Him work. Watch him move and receive today a picture of God, who he really is according to his word. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.